Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, Father, we just come before you as we dive into this Mother's Day message to honor mom. And pray, Father, for those who are listening to us via podcast that this would help them take their next step closer to Christ. May we all do this together. We pray your will. We pray your way. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. You know, no matter at what stage a mother is at, maybe a mom is a new mom, or maybe she's a young mom, or maybe she's a single mom, or a, a seasoned mom, or as Velma likes to say it, the dessert of life is being a grandma. And we want to make sure we say we remember you, mom, and honor you. Many moms have shared that the challenge of motherhood can be overwhelming. And that's why it is extremely wise to look to those who have been there and see what they can show us and tell us what to learn and how to be as we go forward. So may we be reminded that laying down a foundation is worth all the effort in preparation for the storms of life that are sure to come. How many know storms of life come whether we want them to or not? So in the idea of laying down a foundation to build a strong home, let's look at some, let me call them character bricks that we can lay down as foundation for motherhood. So number one, it's the protective brick. And all the moms are natural with this. I remember being in my mom's little maverick driving around and I would be on the front seat, standing on the front seat. It was a big old bench seat. And you all know how it happens because you probably have the arm mark to prove it. As soon as mom has to hit the brakes and I'm standing in the middle next to her, what happens as soon as she hits the brakes? That's right. The right arm just goes straight out. Straight across my chest and pins me up against the bench. Why? She's protecting me. And it's just natural. Well, let's look at a mom who really is a really incredibly perfect illustration of having a mom with the idea of a protective brick. And her name is Jochebed. And in Numbers 26, 59, we find her name. Her husband's name in, in verse... 59 is Amram and Jochebed became the parents of Aaron, that's the brother of Moses, Moses and their sister Miriam. Now in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 and 4, well, let's start at verse 2 instead. About this time, verse 1, at this time a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. That's Amram and Jochebed. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Now that's important because all of the Egyptian slave masters were now trying to go and kill or have the maidservants or the midwives kill all the baby Hebrew babies so that they could keep the population under control. And so she hid her baby for three months. Verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyri reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. 
She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds among the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sisters, the baby's sister, which is Miriam, did stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him, meaning Moses. Now, Moses' mom, Jochebed, she took great risk to protect Moses. Unfortunately, Jochebed was a Hebrew slave to the Egyptian slave masters. The Egyptians' plan, because the Hebrews were growing so mightily in population that the Egyptians were afraid they would just be overtook by pure population. And so their Egyptian plan was to keep the population of the Hebrews perfectly low to where they could control it. The problem with, for Pharaoh was the midwives didn't go along with the plan. They would show up and then they would say, hey man, these Hebrew women are just strong and stout. And they just wham! And their baby's there before we can come even show up at the door. They have these babies before we get there. And Pharaoh's starting to figure out something's not right. And so now it's getting really, really brutal and ugly at this time. Moses' mom, obviously fearing that Moses would be killed, exterminated, hid him for all these months, put him in that little ark, right? If you guys ever watched The Prince of Egypt, you know, floated it down. But it landed right in front of Pharaoh's daughter, a princess. And for whatever reason, like all these young mommies or wanting to be a young mommy does, she ooh and ahs over the baby. Miriam comes in quick. And as she gets there, she says, oh, would, would my fine lady want me to find a nanny? who would just happen to be Moses' real mom, Jochebed. And sure enough, she was able to nurse him, pray over him, love on him as mom, but also incognito as nanny. Amazing. See, godly mothers protect us in many ways. They protect us physically and keep us from danger. And godly mothers protect us morally by teaching us right from wrong. And godly mothers try also to protect us emotionally by keeping us from the things they know will hurt us. Godly mothers also try to protect our souls and raise us up to love and to serve God. So let's look at another brick. This brick is the supportive brick. And we're going to look at a gal named Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, this is the prophet Samuel's mom. Her name's Hannah. Now she's had a, she's been barren. She hasn't been able to have children. And she goes in the temple. And this is when, you know, um, the priest Eli says, hey, you know, you drunk? She goes, no, I'm not drunk. I'm heartbroken. So let's read. Start in verse 24, 1 Samuel chapter 1. When the child, meaning Samuel, was weaned because the miracle happened, she did become pregnant. She did give birth. And Hannah took him, meaning Samuel, to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for, for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. 
After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. That's the priest. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and He has granted my request. Now I am giving him, Samuel, to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. Hannah prayed for her son for many years because she was barren and had no kid. And after years of prayer, Mom, are you hearing me? After years of prayer, enduring, interceding, God gave her a son. God answered her prayer. And she in turn gave him back to the Lord. Samuel was taken to the Lord's house when he was at that appropriate age and he was left with Eli the priest to become a servant of God. And he became an incredible dynamic prophet. There are three things I think that we really need to see real quick that we learn from Hannah's story. Number one, mom, God answers prayers concerning our children. Number two, we should give our children to the Lord to use them as the Lord sees fit. And we should support, number three, our children in doing the will of God. Well, here's another brick. This is the instructive brick. And the, the, a great picture of this is from a gal, a gal named Eunice. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, we get that, that illustration. So let me talk about some of the examples how mom instruct us as we grow up. You might remember some of these examples in your own life. When we spilled grape juice on the carpet, my mom had white carpet in the living room. I don't know why. And mom said, this is how she taught me religion. You better pray that stain comes out of that carpet, boy. I'm telling you, I learned some religion real quick. My mom also taught, uh, taught me about logic. I asked why. She says, because I said so, that's why. That's logic. And my mom also taught me about foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you get in an accident and they have to take your pants off. I learned some foresight. And I also learned about the circle of life from my mama. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Wait a minute, that's dad. Yeah, I can see that that part, and I'll make another one look just like you. But mom sure taught us a lot. Let's look here at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, 1 through 5. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Now, before we get to verse 5, I, I wanted all that text there because I wanted you to, to sense that this was very personal for Paul. 
that this kid Timothy is more like a son to him. That there is this attitude, this atmosphere as family. And now, watch what Paul does in verse 5. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that was first filled, that first filled your grandmother, Lewis, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that your faith continues strong. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. Wow. So you might want to ask, who's Eunice? She was a wonderful woman who literally changed the world through her children, specifically Timothy. Timothy gets to know Paul because of mom. Mom was so... Here she is a Jew, but she believes the word, the gospel of Christ. And because of that, her mother, the grandma, and now her son, they are now, because this is something grandma and mom have taught to the next generation, Timothy. And it's so real that that which is in mom, that which is in grandma, is now inside this new generation. And Paul sees it. He sees it as this is a generational blessing. Mom, are you teaching that? Well, my kids are old. I don't care. They're still kids to you. Teach them. Teach them about the Lord. Teach them about Christ. Teach them about faith. Sometimes teaching is better caught been spoken you know what i mean and sometimes if we're not paying attention we may have to add a little bit because something might get lost in translation so there's three generations of of women in in there at easter and and the youngest one is cutting the ends of the ham and she asks mom why do we always cut the ends of the ham i don't know i i always did that because my mom and then mom said, I don't know why. What? Mom, why did I do it? So they went to the great, great grandma. She goes, I don't know why, why you women do that. I did it because my pan was too small. <laughs> Sometimes we better make sure we're teaching and not just showing. Amen? Well, here's another brick. This is the loyal brick. Mary. In John chapter 19, verse 25. Now, now Jesus is on the cross. This is the crucifixion. There's a, it, it's a dark time. I mean, it's a dark time. And who's there? Mom. Mom's right there. Standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and His mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary the Magdalene. Did you notice there were three Marys there? Isn't that interesting? Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood by the cross of her son. She was loyal to her son, even at the cross. You know, sometimes when somebody has been betrayed, have you ever been betrayed? Have you ever been abandoned? Have you ever been falsely accused? And sometimes there's nothing like a spouse or mom 
to say, I have your back. I'm here for you. Many of us have moms that could have given up on us. And maybe they should have, considering the facts. But mom hung in there. And the truth is, a thank you mom doesn't really communicate what we really feel on the inside. It's just not enough. But all we got is, thanks mom for being there. It's just not enough. I can't say it enough. And the tears fall down. Thanks for being there, Mom. Now here's all these bricks, and we could keep adding some bricks. But bricks really aren't as strong unless there's this little thing in between the bricks called mortar. So what's the mortar of all the bricks to keep them all together? It's love. And this comes easy to Mama's done that. A wise mother of seven children once said, I had many theories on how to bring up children before I had children. Now I have seven children and only one theory. Love them. Especially when they least deserve to be loved. Love them. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to go 1 through 7. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of the angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, (laughs) I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So these next few verses here, wherever you see the word love, let's put the word mom. So love is patient. I mean, mom is patient and kind. Mom is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. She does not demand her own way, is not irritable, and keeps no record of being wrong. She does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Mom never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Mom. For some of you, your mom, as mom, you're going, ooh, I don't know about that. And for some of you, you're like going, I got some of it. But the truth is, only God is love. And for wherever we come up short, or more short than other shorts, whatever is short, seek Jesus. And He'll help you, mom. Whether you're a young mom, or whether you're a seasoned mom, we all need Jesus. Amen, Mom? (laughs) This is for all the mothers who have sat up all night with sick toddlers in their arms, wiping up spit up and smelly diapers and saying, it's okay, honey. Mommy's here. This is for all the mothers who show up at work with spit up in their hair and stains on their blouses and diapers in their purses. 
This is for all the mothers who froze sitting on metal bleachers at football or soccer games so that when their kid asks, did you see me? You could say, of course, I wouldn't miss it for the world. This is for all the mothers who sat down with their children and explained all about making babies. And for all the mothers who wanted to, but just couldn't do it. And this is for all the mothers who read, Good night, moon! Not once or twice, but many times before saying, Good night, let's turn off the light. This is for all the mothers who taught their children to tie their shoelaces before they started school. And this is for all the mothers who opted for Velcro instead. And this is for all the mothers whose heads turns automatically when a little voice calls mom in a crowd, even though they know their own child. Well, they're no longer even living at home. And this is for all the moms whose children have gone astray, who can't find their words to reach them. Your prayers have not been forgotten. And for all the mothers who bite their lips sometimes until they bleed, when their 14-year-old dyes their hair green and purple. And this is for the mothers who gave birth to babies they'll never see. And for the mothers who adopted those babies and gave them homes. And this is for the mothers who put pinwheels and teddy bears on their children's graves. You will be reunited with them. And this is for the mothers of children with severe limitations your freedom has been exchanged for cherished service of love. And this is for those who have lost their mothers and would give anything to take them out to lunch today. And for the moms who are doing this day without their husband, and it is just not the same. There is a banquet table in heaven yet to come. And this is for young mothers stumbling through diaper changes and sleep deprivation. And for the mothers learning to let your young adult kids go and become all God has for them. For working mothers and stay-at-home mothers, single mothers and married mothers, thank you, Mom. Thank you. This is for you all. So hang in there. You're doing a great job. And never forget the Lord hears your prayers, and He is faithful. He will never leave you or forsake you. Home is what catches you when you fall, and we all fall. And for many kids, home means mom. Lord, we thank You for Your goodness and Your grace, and we pray for mom. We pray that You bless them, we pray that you remind them of your love for them. And Lord, we pray for their children. Because I can hear mom already saying, don't pray for me, pray for my babies. Pray for my kids. And so Lord, we pray for the salvation of each and every child represented by these moms. And we pray for them grandbabies and great-grandbabies. And we pray for their salvation as well. And we pray, Lord, you would direct their steps. You would give them wisdom and discernment beyond their years. And Lord, you would teach them how to pray in a manner that would bring about the will and way of God 
in their life and in the life of their family. Bless them, and may this be an incredible day for them as we honor moms, as the Word of God tells us to honor our fathers and our mothers. We pray this in Jesus' holy name, and we all say, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.